I always tell like my friends, my family, or anyone that I'm mentoring is that it's about beating the tired man. Like don't let the tired man beat you. I dealt with homelessness and poverty growing up, domestic violence, growing up in a home with a lot of drug abuse and alcoholism. But I had that vision of going to the Olympics and I had that, that skill of jumping. I put those two things together and it was really the thing that pulled me through those difficult times. And I think that when people have those difficult times, you have to have something that is that brings hope and joy and, and has the power to propel you through difficult situations because each and every one of us has them. A lot of times just putting your feet on the ground and taking those steps is the hardest part. And so if you can get past that, usually if you have it written down, you can, get, you can beat the tired man, then you'll finally start building those habits where you could continuously work towards your goals. So you've been to four Olympics, you're preparing for 2020. 2019, you get a devastating diagnosis and, and it changes your world. Can you let us know about what that diagnosis was? Yes, so in 2018, I found an itsy bitsy tiny rice sized lump from doing a self breast exam. And the reason why I even decided to, to do self breast exams, I was only 34. 34 at the time, um, was because another athlete shared her story and her journey with breast cancer, so I really wanted to be proactive. Unfortunately, when I went to the doctor, I was dismissed, and I was told not to come back for six years, and that what I was experiencing was a swollen lymph node. Well, the doctor was completely wrong. Um, it turned out to be breast cancer, a very aggressive, fast-growing form of breast cancer that predominantly impacts African-American women. And when I started learning the statistics about breast cancer and how impactful it is that it could be as much as one in eight here within the states that will be impacted with breast cancer in their lifetime, I was shocked and I was devastated. And you know, being a mother that I thought that I had my whole life in front of me now facing a diagnosis where I could die soon, um, my heart broke. But I realized that that tenacity that was built over years of watching the Olympics, enduring poverty, enduring domestic violence, figuring out ways to come back from pregnancy to be at the top of the world, to break American records, I could take that same mindset and mental state and apply it to this breast cancer journey. And I started making a list of all of the things that I did to become successful as an athlete. But before that, I said, no, I decided that I was going to be defiant and that I wanted to live and that my life was worth fighting for. And so, you know, I, I did the same things. You, when you're an athlete, you look for a great coach, you look for a great nutritional plan, you look for, you know, a great training program. I did the same thing. I looked for an amazing oncologist, amazing um, surgeon. I looked for an amazing medical team so that I could make sure that I could be here and watch my kids grow up. I wonder... If you look back again, the, the, the hindsight is 2020 idea. If, if you think back to yourself at 20 years old, now living the life you've lived, showing the perseverance that you have, the tenacity that you have, four Olympic games, doing it while giving birth, fighting through cancer, changing your platform to now taking on a different kind of fight. What would you tell yourself as a 20 year old? To not worry so much. I worried so much and 
paid so much attention to things that were not important. Um, family, love, friendships, experiences, and being able to be of service to one another. I would continue to tell myself to have faith, never, never, not for one second to give up faith because everything works out exactly the way that it's supposed to. I think that those are the bits of information that would have kept me from a lot of days of crying and fighting with myself and, and being upset because in the end it always worked out. There's a lot of 20 year olds listening to this. <laughs> I hope that message reaches, there's a lot of 41 year olds listening to this. I, I hope that message reaches me too. What's the greatest advice you've ever received, Shante? Oh, that's a hard one. That's a really good question. Um, you know, it's funny. Um, it was an older lady who told me not to make mountains out of molehills. And I think sometimes we have this situation right in front of us and it seems so big and so earth shadowing and our earth shattering. And we feel it's just a huge stumbling block um, of us being who we want to be or being a contributor to society as a whole. And I think that if we, we stop making small, minute issues into monumentous mountains in our life, we will live a more fulfilled, more happy life. And so that is the best advice I had ever received. And the second one, that excuses are the patches that we sew on the garment of failure. Yeah. So both of those. <laughs> I like it. I'll take it. <laughs> well, if you think back to your career, I mean, as long as it's been over, you know, that level of competition at that, at that height, uh, what was the highest moment? What was the lowest moment? Okay. I'm going to start with the highest moment. The highest moment was when I was receiving my Olympic medal. And it was something that I had faith for for a long time. It was something I believed would never happen. So immediately after going to the 2016 Olympics, I was the last jumper. If I make the bar, I'm Olympic gold medalist. If I miss it, you know, I'm fourth place. It was just first place loser. You know, sorry to all you guys out there that are living in fourth place world. <laughs> but um, getting that Olympic medal, going to the Olympic ceremony from 2008, and having that medal handed to my three-year-old son, who handed it to my five-year-old daughter, who gave it to my nine-year-old daughter, who gave it to my husband, who placed it around my neck. That was literally the highest moment of my athletic career. I think that my lowest moment was being told those words, you have cancer. And you know, just feeling so strong and so untouchable. Like I was the one who believed that pain is weakness leaving the body. And I felt like Wonder Woman and just to see my son afraid to hug me because he thought that he would break me, that was probably my lowest moment. And being able to come back from that to where I am now, um, post-athletics, I am living in my highest moment yet again. Shante, what do you think your legacy is? I would hope that my legacy is bringing hope to the hopeless. Especially now more than ever, we see that people are losing hope and they can't see beyond their current circumstances and they feel like, like their runway is too short. But um, 
I want to bring the fact that there is hope. There was a time period in my life where I decided that I didn't want to live anymore. And that was at that 20-year-old age. That's why it was so easy for me to go back there and say, you know, and it was something dumb. It was a breakup. <laughs> and just to see all the amazing and beautiful things that were waiting for me in life on the other side of that moment. I want people that are living in their 20-year-old devastation to know that there's life on the other side of it and to hold on to hope. Like if she could do it, I could do it. If, if there were great things in her life after all she's went through, I could make it too. So that's my, I hope that's my legacy. Shantae, you think about, it, you, you speak to this legacy of providing hope to the hopeless. You know, there are people watching right now that are feeling hopeless. What would be your message directly to that person who needs to hear it in this moment? So to you, to the person who's feeling like there's no hope, that you can't see a way out of your current situation or circumstance. I want to say first that I'm sorry that you're going through whatever trial it is that you're going through right now. It's not fair and you don't deserve it. But there is hope on the other side of this trial. I want you to think about those feelings, those times where you felt happiness, where you felt joy, where you experienced love in a way that you never thought you'd be able to experience. And I want you to hold on to those moments and think about your future and think about having those moments of love and joy and laughter and peace again. And I want you to know that right now, it's just a trial, it's just a test. The things that seem to hurt you and make you feel like you can't put one step in front of the other, it's just something that's going to happen to make you stronger. You don't have to get from how you're feeling right now to immediate joy and laughter. It might take time. But all I'm asking you to do is put one foot in front of the other and grasp onto that hope with everything that you have and know that this too shall pass.